I think we're just listening more to what the customer wants today more than ever before. We're not doing anything unique in that regard. I think we're just really intentional about it. You're listening to Bridge the Gap Season 5, a podcast dedicated to informing, educating, and influencing the future of housing and services for seniors. Powered by sponsors AccuShield, Connected Living, Hamilton Captel, Inquire, One Day, LTC REIT, It's Never Too Late, Meridian Capital Group, Salinity, The Bridge Group Construction, and produced by Salinity Marketing. Welcome to Bridge the Gap Podcast, the senior living podcast with Josh and Lucas, continuing our great thought leadership discussions here in D.C. at the NIC conference. We want to welcome Tiffany Coburn. You're with MedCore Partners, and you're the director of senior living operations. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Great to be here with you. Yes, and out of our shared hometown in DFW, Dallas, Texas, um, you know, there's a lot of energy that's taking place here. So many different conversations all over the floors of this building and, you know, we wanted to get your story, the reasons why behind your journey into seniors housing. Then we want to dive into the strategy at MedCore. Let's first start with your story. How did you get involved with seniors housing? I needed a job in 1993. <laughs> um, and I had just gotten married and, and relocated to a city where my husband was going to grad school. And um, someone that we knew, a mutual contact that both of us knew uh, through our families, connected me with a group that hired me into the rehab space. And um, I worked for a, a nursing home a rehab provider for a few years. And that got me started in the industry. I didn't even know anything about it. I uh, was super young, obviously. And I fell in love with it because there was so much opportunity. And I really loved the people in the space. And um, I was afforded the opportunity at the age of 25 to become an executive director for an independent living and assisted living community. And they were so, um, they extended me a lot of grace to, to learn as I went. And um, I've never left it since then. That's incredible. You know, so I want to I pivot on that right there. The, to me, the role of executive director, I don't know if there's enough money that you could pay me to take on that role, right? Somebody is somebody is always upset with you. It, it, pro- it never ends, right? You have such, um, such a responsibility um, and a weight on your shoulders to manage all of that. How crucial is that role in the success of the two big concerns, labor and occupancy? Um, I always tell people that the role of an executive director is 90 to 95% of the success rate of any senior living asset, and the other 5% is everything else. There you have it. Yeah, and uh, I totally agree with you. I've never heard it broken down in percentages like that, but that totally makes sense to me. And it's something, uh, you know, one of the things that makes it so challenging is, uh, I mean, I was just literally talking before we sat down here with the University of Boston, who's doing an excellent job at educating um, students about senior living, but no matter what you learn in the classroom, until you are in the community, it's it's just a world of difference, isn't it? Yeah. And so those administrators are so valuable. And um, your story is not uncommon. We sit down with so many people, even myself, uh, and, and it was almost a, an accident. You know, there was no intention, uh, which I would love to see that change. We've talked about that. Um, but I'm excited to learn more about your platform. Uh, now that you're in the industry, you've been in the industry for a lot, lot longer. Tell us about what you guys are up to as far as 
developing, acquiring, operating? Mm -hmm. What all are you doing? We're doing both. We're developing and um, acquiring. And then we typically uh, will find good partners, operating partners across the country that match what our product needs in in the markets that we need it done in. One of the things that I do with MedCore is based on my, you know, 25 plus years of operating experience directly um, is I make it my business to stay up to speed on different operators across the country and and what they're doing and and do we have any shared appetites for certain markets or certain types of offerings that would make them a good candidate to be our partner on a deal or a group of communities uh, both on the development side and the acquisition side and and so that's a lot of fun because it keeps me learning all the time and I can't do anything unless I'm continually learning and so that's what makes it so fun to be in this space is because we're a relatively young industry you know sometimes it doesn't feel that way but it really is true compared to any other healthcare um, vertical and if we really want to feel like we're making an impact on the the senior housing industry Part of what that means is we need to look, be intentional about looking for ways to help redefine it and keep up with um, everything from changing customer needs and wants to technology to um, what makes a provider work for a certain asset. Well, speaking of all of those things, is there a specific sector market type that you all or product type that you're specifically trying to deliver or does... Every single market, you just evaluate that market and do something unique for that market. Where are you where are you headed in strategy? Yeah, great question. Well, generally speaking, we prefer to deliver an anchored independent living project that has about sixty-five to seventy percent of the total unit mix in, in in independent living, with a balance in assisted living and memory care. That's that's our favorite thing to design. It's our favorite thing to promote. It's the um, most efficient way to help um, usher a senior citizen who wants to move in and become a resident through their aging cycle. And um, we like to do rental products. We don't do buy-ins or anything like that. And we look for markets where that works. But with that said, we're not going to pass on a project if it's a if it's a definite need in a market for maybe just AL and memory care only. But independent living is is really the genesis in our opinion of the education that it takes to get um, a family and their loved one acclimated to all of the emotions and stress that go into leaving your home and and starting that journey. So we find that our pre-open leasing efforts and our lease-up strategies work best if you offer that mix. So with that mix, that's not necessarily a new mix, uh, probably not new for you, not new for the industry, but with the changing needs, preferences, what people are looking for, how is that redefining that? You, you mentioned that term redefining senior living. Mm-hmm. So for those communities where you're putting that product type, how is the approach changing as you see it being redefined. Josh and Lucas here with an important update. We have amazing sponsorship opportunities here on the Bridge the Gap Network, and we're looking for three important businesses to reach out to us. To amplify your brand on the Bridge the Gap Network, schedule your call with us today by clicking on the link in the show notes. And now back to the show. I think we're just listening more to what the customer wants today more than 
ever before. We're not doing anything unique in that regard. I think we're just really intentional about it. So some examples might look like we recently delivered a product in Norman, Oklahoma called Sooner Station at University North Park. And we literally spent five years bringing that product to market because the first two years we spent developing relationships with the University of Oklahoma so that we could find out if they were interested in collaborating with us on programming, alumni association benefits, joint marketing strategies, et cetera. And they were phenomenal to work with. And as a result, uh, we've been open for 90 days now, and we already have 90 residents in the building. And part of that, I mean, that's obviously an unusual lease-up trajectory in the first 90 days. Um, It's not going to stay that heavy. But um, part of the reason that we were able to pre-lease so successfully there was because we had um, 200,000 alumni um, aware of this product, and it's in a capture market, you know. So those are the fun things. We, We take a need where all of the supply has aged, and people have grown tired of what their options are in that market. And then we not only bring a newer product to market, because you could just stop there, right? You could just bring a new product to market and then just be like, hey, this is our new product. But we spend the time to add on this extra layer of um, interest and relevance to keep seniors feeling like they're not losing their connections to the outside community when they move in. They're, in fact, going to enhance them, and they're going to have fun doing it. And if we can't go into markets and develop something that that sort of fits that narrative or or offers those kinds of opportunities on the value-add perspective for seniors, we're not going to go in that market. So I have a tremendous amount of fun with this because I get to do the development side of what MedCorp does. And so I'm involved from those relationship-building efforts very early on in a market all the way through product disposition. So I never stop messing around with the product and learning what technology works there and and what are people going to pay for what they want and you know all of those things to me represent new uncharted territory in certain ways because our ability to meet them at their point of need is where our creativity should be coming in. That's a a great summary of the model um, specifically for the consumer meeting the changing preferences. I'm interested to know um, on the labor side, is there, are you seeing um, big impact in uh, effective of like your strategy towards development because of the labor things that are going on? Are you cha- having to change your model any or are you just uh, taking other things into consideration? We've talked to a lot of developers that they're not having necessarily occupancy challenges. They're having labor challenges that prevent them from occupancy. And I'm wondering from a developer's perspective, is that causing you any sense of heartache or slowing down on the development train or where you're going, where you're not going? No, actually it's not. Um, And as you all know already, um, it it takes a good three to four years to fully deliver a, a new development to market. So our projections for something that we might, that might be in design today um, aren't going to be, you know, generating a need for hiring labor until, you know, 30 months from now or so, 30 to 36 months from now. And so we we are confident that what we're dealing with with our current operating assets is not going to be the same in 36 months as it is today. So we're not really 
we, we are being cautious on developments, but it, it really has more to do with construction pricing than it does our, our workforce at the community level. And that has really been resilient. I mean, I don't know what you're hearing with other groups, but what, what we're seeing in ours is that we're completely done with agency. There's no more temporary labor in our communities. Um, the, the, the primary challenge now is overtime hours just based on um, the exodus of some of our line staff workers that have not returned to the industry yet. So that, that's where we're still managing the additional cost. Well, I think that is a great success story because, you know, the conversations we've had at Nick, it's kind of all over the board. I think everybody agrees minimizing, mitigating agency is, is the goal. There's still a lot of communities I've heard are still using a lot of agency. And then there's communities that, hey, we're, we're kind of done with that beyond that. So it's encouraging because I would say six months ago, everybody was still dealing with agency. We weren't hearing that much. And um, to our agency friends out there, don't don't send me hate mail. But, uh, you know, it's, it's really interesting. So new development. And are you guys doing any repositions at all? We are. Yes, we are. We, um, in fact, that's really where the majority of our efforts are um, in the short term. And we're we're looking at um, a portfolio of three communities right now that we expect to close on um, at the end of the year. And we're also looking at a project in the Dallas-Fort Worth metro area that we're um, excited about being able to take at a relatively low basis, reposition it, remarket it, rebrand it, um, bring in um, our own in-house management um, for the first time we're doing that on this, this one community. So we're pretty excited about that. And then we'll see how that that one goes as well. But um, those are all, you know, kind of kind of go back to what we were talking about earlier. With there's so much current supply that if if you are waiting on development or you're trying to qualify construction pricing, and this is causing some short term delays in um, starting on projects, new starts, then these acquisitions that present incredible opportunities because they're in great markets, they have good bones. Um, we, we see incredible upside on value add that we're running those down because uh, we really believe in enhancing the current supply and letting some of those lower occupancy assets absorb occupancy during you know this next six to 12 months. Well, I think you have perked the ears of a lot of our listeners on a lot of different topics. I know, Lucas, uh, when I saw the antennas go up on renovation, you're the king, the king <laughs> over there, and right in your backyard. So, very interesting conversation this morning. Yeah, great thought leadership here, Tiffany. We appreciate uh, you taking time out of Nick to come and sit down with us. You know, it's it's a busy day and uh, kind of last day for big meetings before everybody hits the uh, airways to get back home. Uh, So thank you for sharing your story with us today. You bet. It was a pleasure. Thanks, guys. And to all of our listeners, you can go to btgvoice.com. We'll connect with Tiffany and MedCore in the show notes. And thanks for listening to another great episode of Bridge the Gap. Thanks for listening to Bridge the Gap podcast with Josh and Lucas. Connect with the BTG Network team and use your voice to influence the industry by connecting with us at btgvoice.com.